0: And welcome to a brand new episode of Evenings with Mitch Buchanan, the Baywatch Nights podcast. I'm here as always with my two main homies. We have got the real JPM.
1: Say hi, James. Howdy ho, listeners! Hello everyone. How are we all doing today?
0: Very well. And we've got the um, the nerd core master.
2: It's Lexy Mick. Mick Pop. Yo, hello everybody. Yeah, uh, I hope everyone's having a, having a good week. I've had a tiring one. Uh, but ready to talk some Baywatch and um, get Mitch to wake me the crap up.
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we've got a we've got a cracking
2: one today. We're not going to say which one it is,
0: but one of them is a belter. That's all I'm saying. So right, let's jump straight in. As always, we're going to do one from season one and one from season two, and then talk about it at the end and see how well you know they've done and see which one is the winner. So uh, let's crack on with season one's offering today, which is called Takeover. Or in German, Das Spiel ist aus, which is, the game is over. <laughs> so Nick, do you, do you want to uh, IMDb? IMDb?
2: Yeah, sure. So this episode, The Takeover, first aired... On the 3rd of February 1996. Now this is the one that we've read out in the last couple of episodes that doesn't actually make sense in the synopsis, but I'll read it for a third or fourth time. Um, Mitch and Ryan investigate people who would benefit from a hostile takeover of a company that includes the murder of certain key employees. Meanwhile, an attractive young lady named Donna Marco buys Knight's Bistro from Lou and she hires Griff Walker, a beach surfer, to help her out and, and with Mitch work. <laughs> Oh yeah, and the last bit. Well, I mean, it's almost accurate, except Griff isn't even in this.
0: No. <laughs> at all. <laughs> he's not even in it at all. But the rest of it's, you know, mod- moderately accurate. But, um, yeah, let, let's dive in anyway. So set the scene. We're on the beach. There's some people setting up a hang glider. There's a, a, a lady chatting to a man near a truck who's about to go on, on the hang glider. Take a sandwiches. The sandwich, the, the sandwiches, the, sandwiches um, the man setting up the tracksuit has a cracking tracksuit on. I
2: yes.
0: A... <laughs> <Speaking> <laughs> of that, I can
1: note that. Yeah. This time you see has, the first thing I thought of when I first saw the scene was Only Fools and Horses, where Dellboy gets yeah. pushed off the cliff. And <laughs> like...
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's very, very similar. So, um so yeah basically, this, this man, um, who's chatting with the lady at the truck, um, gets strapped into the, the hang glider. This kind of truck drives along, so he kind of goes up in the air, and he's obviously off flying around, and there's some people watching him, one woman w- with a sandwich. <laughs> um, I don't know why, I don't know why that stuck out so much, but I just really noticed that she had the, had the sandwich. And um, then suddenly, all hell breaks loose, and one of the beams of the hang glider snaps. And this man is in mid-air turmoil.
1: <laughs> panicking. Did, you him, like, did you hear his cries to the way his body was flying all over the place? And then that woman, like, oh my God, Doug, no. But in the most insincere way that she was literally panic-stricken. She It was, oh my God, Doug, no.
2: <laughs> and then the other people just like, sit there watching. Watching <laughs> this <laughs> poor man, thumb? like... Pretty much plumb it to his doom. <laughs> <laughs> um And it just, I loved it. And when he's getting closer and closer to the ground, and you just see him wobbling about. And then when he actually hits the ground, and you see like this dummy sort of bend, (laughs) and then he stands up, and then a truck hits him.
0: (laughs) So yeah, he basically glides down onto his belly, onto the road, you know, (laughs) kind of emergency landing type thing. And you think, oh well, good, he's done well, and then yeah, smashed by a truck.
1: That's such yeah. bad luck, isn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a way to start the show! And then, and then we go into a kind of fresh new intro sequence, which was kind of nice. We had, you know, actual kind of, you know, Griff and Donna kind of put as more kind of key characters, which yes. kind of shows as a bit of progression within the show whether you know i mean why do you think they did that do you think they got to like episode 11 and they thought this isn't going too well we I need know, to
2: bring in some more eye candy obviously in america because the tv shows are so long in their, their seasons are so long they have a mid-season break so generally like towards the end of the year they're stopped for a month or two uh-huh. and then they restart so this gets to the mid-season so it's like, a, you know, it's almost like two seasons in one, if you like. Yeah, so so, it's like
0: two of season one. Almost. Yeah,
2: so yeah, yeah so it's season 1.2. So, uh, and obviously this is where they move, they bring Donna and Griff into it. Yeah, obviously uh, we've
0: met them in season two, obviously, in season one. This is yeah
2: our first introduction to
0: them. And it's a bit different because in season two, we've always known Donna to be a lifeguard. But here, she's actually taken over the night's nightclub.
1: Which I is, don't like the new layout of the nightclub. I think it looks really, really stylish. Well, she's done a really good
0: job. It's got this very kind of beach, kind of tiki theme and everything, which is really nice. Um, uh, one thing that kind of um, really confused me though, is obviously they had all the girls there, the, the, the waitresses.
2: Hmm.
0: And, you know, Donna goes up and speaks to them and everything. And then she says, the, those uniforms have to go, but they were not really wearing any uniforms. They're all wearing different clothes. Like, there yeah. wasn't really any set thing. I mean, a few of them were wearing blue skirts, but, I mean, there was only, like, a few of them out of, like, a big bunch of
2: people. So what? What? what is the uniforms meant to be? I was quite uh, confused by that. Have we ever seen any of those women in nights ever before? <laughs> but obviously, like, you yeah, know, they all knew Mitch when he, like, walks in and he starts, like, chatting them all up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, i would never seen them. And then what was it with the men with the flowers?
1: Yeah. It was a bit of that. It was all grinning as well, weren't they?
2: Yeah, the grinning.
0: Remember the flowers? I think they just didn't they just buy them because you know it's kind of like new club, kind of nice to you know give a lady some flowers. I guess I
1: don't did know. You, did you also see Mitch Garner and Ryan all giving a uh, giving Donna the eye up? They oh yeah, all... not
0: really checking, especially Mitch and Garner. Like obviously, <laughs> Robert giving a, giving him a pervy eye. Of course, uh, even Ryan, which was like, oh okay, interesting. I mean, but what do you expect from Mitch? Of course, he's going to try and hit on it. Honestly.
2: It's
1: going to happen. Uh, in these two episodes that we're going to be reviewing, Mitch is Mitch's pesting level is like next. Year. <laughs> he's literally become a sexual predator. <laughs> he's he
2: always been a sexual predator. I just think like he's coming more apparent now. One thing I did wonder though, right?
0: The, what, the, what, there, was, there wasn't really any or was there and maybe I missed it and I can't remember what we spoke about last week because no, it's been a bit of a blur but what's the kind of build up about Lou getting rid of
2: Knights in the first place? It all well, happened in a mid-season break so <laughs> So they didn't don't bother don't <laughs> yeah, you. I'm, I'm sure there is um, I can't I mean, He says what's... he opens another club though doesn't he? it says Yeah but that, that's in season 2 whoa time traveling paradox that's in the... episode 15 of season two uh, oh we we'll get
0: God, to is, that little bit later. Oh, on. I, I into it. we'll talk about time travel a bit later there's a lot to talk about about time travel like, <laughs> not just in the season so you know in the actual episode
1: so. yeah, but, yeah, but you know, anyway. this is our own paradox in this episode like time travel on both episodes like
0: right. uh, anyway
1: Oh, but, Chris, but yeah, but, but... There
0: is, Luke <laughs> apparently has another club, so I don't know when he opened that. But anyway, we'll get back to that. But anyway, we're, we're obviously we're at nights and everything, uh, and then um, after that, um, there's a bit of a kind of Caribbean party happening, you is run by Frank well, and... Financial. <laughs> um, did, anyone, did anyone, did anyone else think that maybe Destiny was the braided bass player? Oh,
1: no. I wouldn't have thought that. Um, I did that. Funnily enough, the bass player caught my eye instantly and it was just like I wondered if it might have been a recycled wig that Garner wore in a previous oh, episode.
0: <laughs> it was the most thing is it was the most stereotypical female bass player in a reggae band you could possibly think up, isn't it? It's just like, right, <laughs> let's give her braids and she's got this real Aww. kind of you know, pink bass and playing it really high up.
1: As soon as I heard those still drums playing, and I had like the Calypso vibes, and I was just like, oh, I could jam to this all day. It's got me all suckery and then all that lovely feeling again. Was, I loved it. thought it was awesome. I'd totally be down for their cocktail party. Yeah, it was
0: a great party. But, but you know, um, basically, Ryan was there, um, and they were chatting about they were basically the guy that died, he was the um, <coughs> corporate controller of Rancor Financial. And um, the party was basically full of business clients and stuff. Um, before they actually did anything, Mitch and Ryan just had a bit of a flirt on the dance floor, which was kind of standard for Mitch. He kind of doesn't want to work, except for working to get in Ryan's underwear.
1: He won't bite of...
0: hard. <laughs> <laughs> he loves it, yeah. Yeah, I love that line with it. Don't worry, I won't bite. and Not too hard anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then we meet up with um, Mitch's old friend, Red. And um, a lady called Deborah Collins. Um, and they basically, they don't think Doug's death was an accident. They think there was something a bit more suspect for it. Right. Um, Correct. And then one bit I thought was really funny. They said to like Mitch and Ryan, oh, yeah, we need your help. Let's go and have a talk. But then it was night. Yeah. Like it yeah. went to night. <laughs> like, it, was, it was broad daylight. And it, so what were they doing?
2: How long did they walk before they had this chat? But back, back to, like, you know, you're saying that they think that Doug's death wasn't an accident, right? How the hell would you orchestrate first a hang glider falling into bits in the sky and then landing and then a truck hitting you at the precise moment that you, that you land on the ground? <laughs> that is like some fucking major fucking major Bond villain type stuff. I know, I mean, that is
0: <laughs> that is really, I mean, there's a lot of really good timing, though, when it comes to death in this episode. So, I mean, Someone's obviously you know very punctual,
2: so they're all on the clock, obviously. And also, they mentioned about another guy that died in a hotel room, that fell asleep with a cigarette, but there was no there was no fire alarm or no no uh, sprinklers in a five star hotel. Yeah, <laughs> all
0: very 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 suspect. So, and that that was this the senior legal counsel, I believe, it was um that, that died, but um yeah basically, uh, so they want them to take on the the case. Uh, then they meet um, to get introduced to two other people, which is uh, Nikki, um, Schachter, Schachter, Nikki Schachter and um, Donald Jensen, Was it Jensen? His last Clark name? Kent.
1: Donald Jansen. Yeah, I'll tell you what, that is the most 90s looking suit and tie, dude, I've ever seen. That was like
2: proper <laughs> Dean Kane, like Lois and Clark. And that was like proper yeah, well, Clark his Kent. Hair slicked back and everything. <laughs> except, you know, except he said he had a, a really bad cough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Snow informer <laughs> it could actually be so have we checked the imdb to we'll check it isn't snow because it wouldn't i wouldn't put it past me watch night stuff snow will
1: have a look now actually um what is snow's real name <laughs> is they, it donald chanson well snow's real name is darren kenneth o'brien uh, <laughs> That's a lot. Has Darren. Kenneth O'Brien
2: been in Baywatch nights?
1: (laughs) Um, It turns out that. Oh, no, he's got an IMDb. Let's have a little look here. And I can confirm that. Oh, hold on. Actor, five credits. Here we go. He hasn't. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> Five different versions of the Snow
2: Informer video. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so was... Snow officially so far not been on Baywatch nights, but <laughs> hold on, there's more episodes to come. <laughs> you just don't know. But yeah, what we know, what we notice about this scene is um, Donald seems to have some hay fever issues. Um, he's got he's a lot of coughing and spluttering and stuff, so he ends up leaving. Um, one thing I really wondered though is um, obviously. They, you know, uh, Red and Deborah have just got the team on to take up the case. Why are they going around telling everyone that they're doing an investigation? Like, surely they should keep them kind of undercover a bit because anyone could be a suspect.
1: Yeah, and, um, the terminology of private in Private Eye.
0: Yeah, but it's like no, it's more like
2: public investigation with them.
1: Like, let's, let's, let's just tell everybody like, what we're like, doing.
2: Like some weeks that like, they want a contract and everything. What well, this like, like they ask him, and then well, I was like, "We can start tonight. We can start now." I know, they even charged <laughs> that little kid that time. Yeah, didn't they? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all all
0: over the place. But basically, as we're having this chat, uh, Red said he he's he is someone kind of call into him so he goes off and gets on this boat right and then, and then basically as he as the boat kind of goes along he explodes when i not him the boat <laughs> and the boat explode um which then causes mitch to do this epic dive over a fence oh right,
1: into the ocean that was like a goalkeeper or or like it that dive has got to be the Best dive I think I've seen in doing in a series so far.
0: Oh, course, so it was a superb dive. You know, if, if I was scoring that, it'd probably be nines across the board.
1: Oh, <laughs> 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 that was incredible! Absolutely incredible!
0: Do you reckon? Like, uh, what, was that, what was that? What was that TV show where they taught people to dive? Do you remember that? <laughs> There was like oh, a game show clearly, for a while on, yeah. on TV. but like, like, didn't Duncan, Duncan Goodshue like present it or be a part <laughs> of it. <laughs> Probably something like that. Like, <laughs> you can just imagine like, you know, the Hoff on that on that show, like recreating that dive. <laughs> <laughs> it was superb, that's all you need to know anyway. But anyway, he goes underwater and he finds him and he drags him up and everything and he you know, the, the guy's still alive, you no, know, luckily. Um then we cut to the next day. Garner's examining some of the wreckage. He's just kind of looking at bits, not really doing much. Um, but then we go to Mitch, and he's outside the intensive care unit, and he bumps into Nicky. Um, so he's asking Nikki about he needs some more info, basically. He wants, he wants some more information. And
2: he wants to take her out to dinner. <laughs> yeah, he wants to take her out for dinner. <laughs>
0: so, basically, he's using his uh, PI... You know credentials to basically try and get laid once again. He's not really interested because if you notice um, in that chat, because he actually says he wants to get info within that chat, he doesn't get any info within that chat at all. It's just it's just him flirting again. Which oh, is my! And no, actually, no, there is a little bit of info, isn't there? Yeah. She, she reckons that someone was trying to um, basically ruin the company by taking out the management team. Yeah.
1: Some... Sabotage, as yeah. she says, but. As soon as she gave that, well, I, had a, I had a note that I wrote it up, but this woman has no idea why someone would go to so much length to kill people in the name of corporate sabotage. She seems unconvinced. So at that point, I was a bit like, hmm, got my eye on you. And then it was, <laughs> Right after that, Mitch goes and saves the dams all in distress in the um, intensive care ward. I've got a note on here. He's posting on the woman sat next to the guy that just got blown up. Right, right, he walks into that
2: room, right, and he asks her how she's doing, right? Now, I, I got this one, and i watched this twice, right, and both times, right? When he asks her how she's doing, the first few lines she says are unintelligible, right? <laughs> They're unintelligible, and I've written what it sounds like she actually says. Right. Okay. So he says, like... Um, i said, how's she doing? And you see, like, she's looking at foreigns. So uh, she says, slushy go slack. Then she starts talking normal. It's slack. Then normal. And then Mitch starts telling their high school stories.
0: Yeah, like I love (laughs) his analogy, wasn't it? It was about something like how Red was injured as a kid once playing football, but he still scored two goals, and that means he'll probably bounce back.
2: (laughs) 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 He's just been
0: blown up in a fucking boat, (laughs) for Christ's sake. It's a bit different from injuring yourself playing football. But you know he does love his his analogies, doesn't he? Good old Mitch. Then we're um, we're back at the office, and Ryan decides she wants to take a, a closer look at the hang glider because she reckons there was some dodgy business going on. Uh, we also find out. Sorry, did you sorry, have
2: something, to uh, add? Yeah, something there? So when he's talking to Ryan in the office, why was she like using her voice to intimidate uh, uh, impersonate a surfer dude? Like the way she was talking when she was, like, talking to Mitch. She was, like, talking like, like she was a beach surfer or something. Like that. I didn't
0: even think, All I picked up on that scene is why was Garner trying to nick Mitch's cup?
1: <laughs> it, I'll tell you what, you know who's the bitch in prison. It would totally be Mitch. Garner just takes his cup straight out of him. He's like, I'm
0: having that. I'm having it. I think not in it, but he wanted it. Um, we also find out the detail that... Deborah also filed for divorce last year. But Mitch says that they they worked that out. And um, Garner said there was actually stuff wrong with the boat, some loosed wires, a leaky fuel pump. So Ryan wants him to go and check out some stuff to see if there's anything against the fuel tank, like some sort of trigger or something. Uh, And so Garner says he's going to go undercover at Rancor to try and find out more. (laughs) Uh, Then we cut to Ryan with the hang glider. And she just kind of looks over a load of pipes I didn't really get anything out of that. She just does laps. She just does laps as a hang glider wreckage. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really, I couldn't really tell whether she found anything because it was wrecked anyway. She found a very
1: cleanly cut broken bar, and that's it.
0: Yeah, I couldn't really, really tell. She... That. I couldn't tell if that's how, just how it was because it he crashed. I didn't I mean, really know. Interviews are sleazy, snotty. That's oh, a businessman. oh <laughs> this is this is brilliant. So yeah, so now Ryan goes off into the office um and meets up with uh the headhunter of Rancor Financial and one of his lines is A private dick
1: to <laughs> which Ryan <laughs> replied,
0: not my favourite choice of words.
1: I, what the camera pannings on her heels going all the way up her legs over and over again when that dude kept looking down very obviously and just kept oh focused
0: full-on perving the whole time
1: this was just, this is so sleazy so sleazy it's ridiculous
0: it was it was ridiculous like it literally like just kept repeating that same shot going up her legs like yeah this guy was a, a horny bastard
1: and, and he, Yeah, and he even, what was it, Ryan totally disgusted by his efforts, you know, and she had to enjoy him making like a, a pickup line out of a hard drive and a resume.
0: Yeah, the thing is, right? I don't understand why Ryan's because Ryan already, basically Ryan managed to get some info. She wanted to know who'd been hired in the past year and a half and it mentioned Nicky and Donald were on that list. But then I don't understand why, when he was trying to say about oh maybe we can do some work on your resume and she's like oh i think we can what why did she start flirting then she'd gotten all the information out of him like why did she suddenly get all get all flirty i didn't really understand that
1: she was humouring him because if you saw at the end of that scene, she had that look of disgust. which is like, oh, for God's sake. But I feel like she needed to get some more information from him. What that information was, I don't know. Maybe it might be answers to do with quantum physics, but that's for later.
2: <laughs> I just, just
0: wanted to print it out. I think that was all that was left to do. Just making sure I used the printer. But, you know, whatever, whatever you need to do, uh, you know, Ellerby, um, was it Ellerby, Buchanan, and the Ken and Elvie McBride. McBride, that's the one. Bem. What's <laughs> bem? <laughs> bem. We'll just call it bem for uh, So now we cue to a man picking a lock at Donald's office, all dressed in black, and he slips some stuff into what I thought at first was a water cooler. So did Then yeah. later I thought it was a kettle, and then it turns out it was a dehumidifier.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> I've oh, str- got so much to say about that when we get to that bit.
1: <laughs> In this scene, I really, really enjoyed the suspense music. I really enjoyed it, actually. Like, not no bullshit. Like, I really, <laughs> genuinely
0: well, enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, like there was some really effective and decent, like muted guitar and um, synth soundscapes. And it, I don't know, it actually seemed genuinely convincing rather than tacky for once. And I was like. This is really cool, and even in the, the next scene when uh, Mitch is at nights with Donna, I playing love. Darts. I yeah, I love the music playing in the background. So, two bits of good music, back to back, scene from scene. from up. Maybe, from maybe they got a
2: music assistant in for the uh, for the next episodes. So has um, has Donna basically just turned nights into hooters? <laughs> 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 it, seems, it kind of seems like it. Yeah. Uh, she has. She's just turned it into a Hooters. I have like you... the fact
0: that she instantly decides to give Mitch a pool table of his choosing. Like it's just kind of like, oh, you yeah, know, do you want a pool table? What, what size do you want? And whatever Mitch wants, she's like, yeah, you can have it. So you spend your time and your money here. Like I can't tell whether that's just a savvy businesswoman or whether she just likes Mitch.
1: Have you guys ever been to Hooters? Yeah, I haven't. No, I never got the chance. I I went uh, when I was uh, 15 years old uh, when I went to America and I tried and and I had my Fred Durst red cap like backwards and I thought I was cool as shit but I wasn't but my head was like too fat so I had to cut the sides of the red cap to actually fit it on my fat head but Mm -hmm. anyway I went to Hooters and uh, you know being a virgin back then as well I felt so intimidated by the presence of scantily cladness. you know I didn't know what to do with myself I actually spilt my coke all over my lap.
0: Do you think you'd have the same effect if you went to Knights, this new brand new Knights?
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> he'd explode because Angie Harmon would be there. <laughs> I'll just have to make sure that I've got some extra, extra, extra large slacks like Mitch wears, you know, the biggest trousers of all time <laughs> you
0: know? to hide that secret boner. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: that's why anyway, anyway yeah. enough
0: about james's childhood bonus because that's a bit weird uh we'll move on to something else <laughs> <laughs> um basically yeah obviously we're at night and then um mitch goes to meet up with um nicky which which apparently was meant to be a meeting to get information and no information was exchanged it was just absolute flirting the entire time mm,
2: that's literally yes. Like, no did information was exchanged. Right, there was no information exchange, but this shows you like how much of a good private eye Mitch is because he was picking up on everything she did. So information was because Mitch was profiling her. So <laughs> do you think he was profiling her? Uh, I think he was because he knows what's going on.
1: <laughs> so got a huge uh, continuity error problem with this scene. Okay. Right. When it started and they was about to order drinks, there was already a glass of iced tea on the table. And then they've gone and ordered two non alcoholic iced teas, to which they was then delivered and then they was drinking out the iced teas, but then there was only two glasses on the table. Technically they should have been free. Did the waitress
0: not collect it when she dropped the other ones off? Nope. It's a mystery. If anyone this knows she... what happened to that third glass, please drop us an email. We would love to know. Yes, This involves like... maps. So I can't do this. <laughs> I reckon it's, thought... I re- I it... it's time-traveled. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> Time-traveling iced tea.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Ryan did end up with a cup later on, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was that. But yeah, but so basically, um, I mean, Nick thought, I just thought he was just completely just flirting. You know, I think that's all it was. Um, but then they leave nights and um, he's got his classic jacket back on, which was good to see. The good old Adidas jacket. But then um, she drops her car keys. And as Mitch bends down, he spots there's a timer under the car with seven seconds to go. The thing is, right? Actually, no, I, I can't say anything because I don't want to ex- ruin anything. But what happens is the car explodes. I'll come back to the, that bit because there's some stuff I want to say there. But basically, the car explodes, and obviously, you know, and Mitch manages to get him and Nikki away from the um, the flames. Uh, then obviously, the fire people are there, and Nikki is worried that someone wants her dead. Um, and I like the little phrase that Mitch used to you know to make her feel better, which was "relax." I gotcha. you. <laughs> I
2: got gotcha. exactly That's apparently a
1: phrase lifeguards yeah. use all the time was. in the safety at his place whilst making sense of things and holding her hands. S. <laughs> <laughs> Try Nick. I don't know if you picked up on this, right? But when they was running away from the explosion in slow motion, and then they dived after the explosion happened, he had her in like a running bulldog restaurant. Yeah. yeah like, but, uh... <laughs> Like, oh, like a running headlock.
2: <laughs> right. so, then, so this is this is something else I want to bring up. Something I've noticed in films and TV for years. So basically, right, after this, yeah, he takes her back to his house because it's safe there, right? Because yeah, it's safe in quotes. It's safe there, right. Why is it in films and TV for the last 40 years, whenever a lady stays at a guy's house, they always put on a long blue shirt of his to sleep in? <laughs> right you can go back through films and tvs through time and they always sleep in the man's shirt and it's always a long sleeve like proper backy shirt that acts like a fucking nighty no matter who they are they still wear this big (laughs) and it's just it's just it's one of of these these film cliches that bugs the crap out of me why won't they just wear like a vest or a dressing gown or something else why does it always have to be a a man's shirt you know, why just borrow Lucky's like, T-shirt or something? You know, Street. I mean, I'm sure when I was first dating my girlfriend, I'm sure she used to wear my old T-shirt, but she never put on one of my dress shirts to sleep in.
1: What about a fancy dress outfit, like Chewbacca?
2: Yeah, Chewbacca would be nice. Or a onesie. <laughs> you know, a onesie, like, you know. <laughs> Mitch has
0: got a onesie line around, <laughs> like a penguin onesie. One of those rubber horses' heads.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. why do we always have to wear a blue bloody like man's dress shirt that always looks like five times too big for even the man it's always quite silky as well isn't it yeah it, it's, it always lo- flows loads and, and it's happened and I've, I believe it's happened in a few nights episodes already and it happens in like TV and film for years and years unless every American household has a big massive blue shirt that they keep so whenever someone stays at their house you go you wear my big massive blue shirt that's really baggy to, to sleep in
1: yeah,
0: it's a, it's a mystery. I can't argue that because the more you say it, the more I'm remembering other things where that's happened. So
1: yeah, it loads. It's Comfort, yeah. which we all do like. However, what was not comfortable was when mysterious blonde lady just walks down the stairs in a oversized men's t-shirt no, and dress does, shirt <laughs> goes up to Mitch, kisses him. Oh, Mitch, you're quite the gentleman. To which he then kind of opens his eyes after she walks back up and he looks half terrified.
0: Yeah, he's like, something's going on. Something's going on. But then next day, Mitch um, pulls up outside of nights and he meets Ryan and they go to the office. <clears throat> and Mitch gives um, Ryan the car keys to check over in case there was some sort of trigger or something in the in the car keys. And then Mitch goes to speak to a random fisherman, which really confused me. I
2: was like, "Buddy, what? He's Buddy he, called Buddy. I thought, I thought he was called Ned. I thought he was called Buddy.
1: Is <laughs> it Buddy or Ned? I didn't catch his name, so I kind of went with John, the fisherman, after a Primus song.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he's either called Buddy, Ned or John, so we'll call him <laughs> non or jet <laughs> jet, I don't know um, But yeah, so he speaks to this random guy who's a fisherman which isn't a fisherman, apparently he's quite um, a connected guy in the uh, I don't know, investigatory world or something and basically wants him to do a bit of a background check on Nicky, but um, he will only do it if um, Mitch intros him to Donna, because he's got a bit of a thing for Donna, well, it seems like everyone's got a bit of a thing for Donna in this episode, to be, to be fair, I don't know who hasn't um Then it cuts to uh, the Rancor offices, and Garner is undercover as some sort of electrician.
1: Did did anyone else kind of clock how much he looked like Winston from Ghostbusters? Yes, totally, (laughs) totally. (laughs) (laughs) That beige suit. Yeah, it was so cool. It was so throwback.
0: I know, they missed a trick there. They should have done some sort of Ghostbusters reference there. His
1: name was Bill in this. Did you see his his name? Yeah, Yeah.
0: Maybe maybe it was Bill Murray. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know? but yeah basically he's there and he's pretending to fix something i don't know what whatever he's doing and then um he spots uh donald enter who's still coughing he's still got that nasty cough he needs a strep or something or cowpole or whatever it is you give coughing people um we now see a donald so he sits at his desk and he uses the water thing, which I've still got, what even is that? A kettle. But it's not a kettle, it's a humidifier, we do find out. Um and Sorry, one, Yeah, why he's doing that, Dallas yeah. sneaks into another office to check over some paperwork while no one's in there using one of the oldest cameras ever.
1: So, <laughs> so cool.
0: It's like one that clicks, you like literally push it in. It's like, if, if you imagine, like, I don't know, what, what, what your, what, what's kind of that? Like, what are those... Um, what well, are these chocolates? They're kind of like square. Rectangles, you know, square. Did you get them. Like, do do mean... you mean is... Well, yeah. I mean, I can't remember. There's some sort of chocolate that's square. <laughs> if you think about like a long rectangle with a lens on, and you just push it in. Like think of a, think of like a pack of Starburst, <laughs> and you have to kind of push it in, <laughs> and it takes a picture. It's kind of like that. I've never seen one of those before. I have.
2: <laughs>
0: <Toy camera. laughs> i don't know if it's just like a, some sort of secret camera or something that people don't know about but they yeah, use that taking some pictures and everything and then um suddenly you know donald is there uh, coughing and he, there's all this steam coming off of the humidifier and everything and he's like really suffering and then he passes out on the floor
2: this is what i like I'm sorry. If you sat that close to over a water filter, humidifier, whatever it is, if it's smoking like that, yes. right? You, you get it looked at. You don't just fucking you. Want to turn it off, or you get it looked at, right? This thing is pissing out fucking smoke, right? <laughs> and the guy's got a fucking got a cough anyway why the fuck would you sit next to it if you can see it's pissing with smoke why the hell is he still sat there i just did not get that He's I was
1: blinded like, by his cough clearly
2: that is deep,
1: that i was gonna say as well nick like it's ridiculous it's clearly faulty
2: yeah <laughs> and then when he tries to get out of the room right Again, the super orchestrator who orchestrated the hang glider falling out of the sky as someone getting hit by a truck orchestrates the handles falling off
1: of a door at exactly the same time. (laughs) (laughs) It's because when they eventually get him out... The guy that was last to leave the room doesn't even bother closing the door to protect right. everyone else in building from the poisonous chemicals. Oh, yeah, right.
2: and then the other thing I've got right. So obviously uh, Garner hears hears him in in distress. So Garner comes in right and bashes the door down, right, and he starts ordering the other janitors about. And they go, like, "Okay, sir." And I was like, "He's not even a fucking janitor. <laughs> He's undercover. <laughs> like they shouldn't answer to him." I mean, if you think about it, this
0: whole, all the setup and everything, it's kind of reminiscent a bit of Jigsaw from Saw on the kind of, like, how organised things are on the times and everything. It would, just, yeah. This is kind of
2: like a low-budget Saw. So, it's Saw before Saw. I mean, it would have it would have beaten Saw by five or six years. Yeah, yeah it was... It's, it's more like Junior
0: so, Hacksaw,
1: though, than, than Saw. Yeah. But some, beautifully comical when he reached for that door handle and it easily just came off like that. And then he was just like, Oh, <laughs> just,
0: yeah, so apparently what was in there was an odorless superic acid. Salt. Sulfuric acid, wasn't it? An odorless sulfuric acid. Yes. That was put inside the humidifier. Um, then basically, yeah, we we back with Mitch, Mitch gets a call and um, it looks like Nikki was actually in the intelligence branch of the special forces. And it turns out that her father had committed suicide and his company was absorbed by Rancor Financial. And then she felt they steamrolled her, um, which gave her the motive of revenge, which then they came to to that conclusion. Uh, Ryan then enters and says that the car keys had been modified. And Ryan and Mitch quickly hop in the car to head down to, to go and find her. So then we cut to the marina. And <clears throat> Nicky has a gun pointed at Deborah and forces her into a boat and then cuffs her to the boat. And just as she's doing that, Mitch and the gang show up and they see them just as they're pulling off. And then Mitch runs down the marina and hops onto a, a well-placed jet ski.
1: <laughs> jurors sure as hell struggle to get over that fence, though.
0: Yeah, he did. Yeah? But the thing is, like, when, when jet skis are left around, I mean, can you just hop on them in the go? I mean, don't you need like a key or something? People just yeah, leave their keys around in yeah. jet skis. I've never been on one, so I don't really know what what the but deal is.
1: This scene for me, uh, for me, it felt like um, a bit of a John Woo masterclass. I thought face off in that last half an hour.
2: See, and, like, I thought whole... for... <laughs> I I thought Police Academy Part Three.
1: Oh, and that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's very Police Academy. <laughs> it's proper Police Academy free with like the uh, the uh, the jet skis chasing the speedboats.
0: Yeah, so Mitch is like chasing down the boat and everything. And then um, Nikki is setting up this bomb on the boat, basically. She's tied the steering wheel to just go forward and she starts setting up this bomb. And um, Mitch basically cap- manages to catch up with, with the boat. Uh, and then Nikki spots him and pulls a gun, but then Deborah kicks it out of her hand. So she pulls a knife instead. She has a backup. Uh Mitch then jumps on board and there's a bit of a scuffle and <laughs> fight breaks out and Mitch ends her with this like ultimate karate chop <laughs> right in the back of the shoulder. <laughs> Proper takes it down.
1: I also love the fact that uh, the gun is kicked and I use that term loosely, kicked out of her hand, and it never even connected. Never even connected. <laughs> but judo chop was just fucking hilarious. Oh, it was great. and the, the next thing, of,
2: thing we sorry. You carry on and gone, I'd say so the next thing we see is Mitch becomes MacGyver.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I have to say about this scene, but please oh, carry on. You... Crack
0: on, no crack on. If you've got things to say, get well, in there.
1: So, um, <laughs> MacGyver Buchanan uh, has. T- There is a big fault with this scene. So, after the woman clearly exclaims, It's a bomb, which we, well, duh, there's not just C4, but there's also C3 as well. That's how much of a bomb there is. So, okay, so the lady is handcuffed. Okay. Mitch breaks the stainless steel handcuffs with a small gas propelled flamethrower. Okay. there's a big no no no. there's a major flaw with this yeah, So where did, did a, where did you get a handheld flamethrower? oh the no, no no something deeper than that i did a bit of research into this and the melting point of stainless steel is 1510 degrees celsius therefore you need an induction furnace to even remotely break that chain therefore I don't know what was in that flamethrower, but it must have been something from another planet. It must be <laughs> something.
2: Uh, my! My dad's a kitchen fitter, right? So he's got a little handheld blowtorch like that, right? And I've seen him like you know, like heat up pipes and stuff of it. That thing wouldn't burn through <laughs> handcuffs. I mean, maybe they'll just cheap handcuffs. Maybe they're just some
0: of those shitty plastic ones you pick up at Argos. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Who knows? In this scene absolutely bemused. I was like, "What the fuck? Like, what kind of handcuffs are they? What kind of flame is coming out of that? Is that from Pandora's box or something? You know, it just—I was just like, there is no way stainless steel is easily broken like that. Otherwise, every criminal in the world would be on the run straight away. And that's why I had to do the science behind that. And then I saw that you need an induction furnace to even remotely break those." <laughs>
0: So they're obviously shitty handcuffs or the most powerful micro blowtorch known to man.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, So after he's managed to melt through the cuffs, um, Nikki, who's been karate chopped, starts to kind of awake. And Mitch is telling her to jump off the boat because obviously this bomb's about to go off. And she just looks forward. She's just this blank expression. So Mitch and Deborah jump off the boat and then Nikki just literally looks forward. And then explodes. Well, again, she doesn't explode. <laughs> the boat explodes. And she just, she just kind of kills herself. But I don't really know why. I mean, they try and kind of sum it up at the end, why she might have done it. But I don't really get it. I mean, like, this is where it goes back to uh, earlier on when I was talking about the car. Because when they're near the car, the counter is only seven seconds, right? And she wasn't in any rush to get away. So has she been trying to kill herself the whole time? Mm -mm. Did she just want to take... Was she basically
1: a suicide bomber? (laughs) (laughs) A special forces suicide bomber. I guess, like, if she could get caught, then the court-martialing would be pretty serious. It would have been some Guantanamo-style shit, but, like, um, I guess, like, with the poetic irony, she was just trying to follow suit with her dad. Not necessarily a nice way to go out, but, you know...
0: Yeah, it was taking people out with her just for, for fun, I guess. Well, for revenge, I guess, is not it? Um, and then to finish off the, this episode, we're back at night, and Mitch is introducing... Oh, oh James got something to add here.
1: She reckons she was behind the wheel of the lorry as well, which killed the hang glider.
2: <laughs> she
1: was in the lorry as well? She might have been. This is yeah, a i think of that, you right. You know, you have, like, the hang glider just, like, come all the way down so conveniently when his body's flailing everywhere, and then she just comes around the corner with a giant 8 yellow and just blows him the fuck down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Maybe. I mean, how would you know if he's even going to land there or anything? That's like... He could have landed on the beach.
2: <laughs> like, whatever happened to Mitch's mate? Did he get out of hospital? Oh, what, Red? Yeah. Um... I think he did. I don't know, actually. Is he still there? Maybe he's well, what still about, there. What about the guy, Donald? What about him? How Did he, did he survive?
1: No one knows. I think he's still coughing.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe he's in intensive care now with a really bad cough. With no. red. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we'll find out next episode. But basically, the episode finishes with Mitch introducing his mate Ned to to Donna. Um, basically, it just ends with Mitch basically forcing Donna to meet a stranger that she's not really up for meeting. Um, there's no excuses for this. Mitch should have shouldn't have arranged this. Really, he, he, just...
2: he barely knows
1: Donna anyway.
2: No, I don't really know. Like
1: awesome favors. Did you see his face as he was walking out the door? It was almost like Mister Bean like, where he's like.
2: <laughs>
0: the thing is, as well, like which I don't understand, which again kind of goes back to. Where I was talking about uh, Ryan flirting with a man earlier. Why is Donna being so flirty with this guy? He's not even in- why why is she giving him this? I mean, you know, there's humoring and then giving him a bit of false impression. If he's if he's after her, then you're not gonna be all flirty, are you?
1: I guess it's gonna
0: kind of play her down a little bit, wouldn't you?
1: Do you reckon she's the female version of
0: Mitch? What a massive slut. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Mitch has met his match. I man. think Donna's a bit more classy than that. Mitch? Yeah, I'd say so. Mitch is just whatever. Mitch is just everything wrong with the world.
1: But a yeah. He's <laughs> well, you know, nice, nice got a big rap sheet, hasn't he? He's committed every crime under the sun, including war crimes. So, uh, you know, but now he's met a uh, a equivalent temptress that can put him down to where he belongs, but yeah. in a classy way.
0: But yeah, that's basically how that episode ends. So there you go. What happened to Coughing Donald? We have no idea. Is Fred <laughs> still in, in intensive care? We have no idea. What were the handcuffs made of? Were they crap or was it the world's most powerful micro blowtorch? We have no idea.
2: <laughs> I'm still I'm still stuck on coughing Donald. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed that episode, it was like, it was weird. It was a weird one, but it was good, and, uh, like, that
1: death scene at the beginning. <laughs> I thought it was an oh. episode It just had so many amusing plot holes in it, which kind of made it even better in some strange way.
0: And it is what we've come to expect from Baywatch Nights, so... Pretty much everything, everything you would want from a Baywatch Nights episode, (laughs) makes no sense. Full of crap. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, on that note, um, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with season two, episode not episode eleven. We'll explain all after these short screams. So hello everyone, welcome back, this is part two and we're hopping into season two, episode 11, oh wait, no it's not episode 11, um, not our fault, <laughs> it is the fault, I'm, I'm going to name and shame, it is the fault of Amanda, Amanda Gold, Gold. I don't know, <laughs> Amanda, I don't know who you are, you made a Baywatch Nights playlist on YouTube and you listed this episode as episode 11 and it's actually episode 15. So we've all ended up watching episode 15 instead of episode 11. But it kind of works, which you'll see when we start talking about the episode, you'll kind of get a bit of an idea. So uh, basically episode 11 was meant to be Possessed, which you probably heard us talk about in the previous ones. But instead, we've skipped all the way ahead to an episode called Mobius. So Nick, do you want to give us the rundown of Mobius, otherwise known as Dimension X in German, just just in English anyway? So yeah,
2: Mobius is technically episode fifteen, and the uh, the where am I? Here I am. So Ryan's old school. It aired on the second of March, nineteen ninety-seven. Ryan's old school friend Ashley arrives and takes her to her and Mitch to a research lab, where she and her husband work on developing an inanimate laser. After Mitch, Ryan, and Ashley accidentally step into the laser, they slide in time to a parallel universe where they must fight for their lives against creatures inhabiting the world.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of a, an inanimate laser. Doesn't that just mean a laser that doesn't move? A non-moving laser. <laughs> there wasn't even a laser there, was there? No. I don't know, it, it was more of just like a spotlight. Yeah. Like a, yeah. I don't know. At first, I was just like, what is this? It's a lamp. I don't know. We'll get into it. (laughs) We'll get into it. We can discuss what's going on. But anyway, yeah, this is Mobius Dimension X. As we said, this is actually episode 15, not episode 11. So we will be doing episode 11 at the time when we do episode 15. Hopefully there won't be any sort of continuous storyline in there we miss. I doubt it, but (laughs) we'll find out. So we start off in the office. Um, Mitch is wearing a lovely shirt with a little black collar. They're having a bit of banter with Ryan about whether a tuxedo requires a bow tie or not a bow tie. I mean, what are your guys thoughts on that bow tie, bow tie or no bow tie with a tux?
1: Bow
0: tie. I think bow tie.
1: I think bow tie. Last time I uh, wore a nice suit or a tuxedo with a bow tie, I went to the Royal Albert Hall and I went to a classical show. But I was just like, I'm not going to the Royal Albert Hall without going all out. And I don't care if I'm the only person there dressed like it. I'm going to the hall and I will have that bow tie. And uh, it's good. But I'll tell you what, I didn't realise it was a pop-on one at the beginning of this episode because when he was trying to do it up, I thought it was a pet play collar. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> he does look a bit like that to be fair <laughs> who,
0: knows, Mitch, who knows what Mitch is into you know.
1: last week's drag like madness I, I, who knows what he's into this week
0: <laughs> <laughs> so after faffing around with a bow tie um, Ryan's friend Ashley enters um, basically what Mitch and Ryan are actually meant to be going to which actually we should mention is they're actually going to Lou's new club you know, we mentioned he's got a new club um, so by this time we don't know when this opened whether it opened you know when Donna took over nights or whatever what this new club is I'm quite interested I really hope we get to see the new club I'm wondering if it's still got that, that blues element which I'm sure it's going to be blue but mm-hmm. um, hopefully we'll find out but yeah basically Ashley explains that her and her husband John have been doing these weird experiments and they've kind of made this force field of such where objects kind of come and go from inside but she's really worried about John that he's got so obsessed with this that he may enter the Convergence himself.
1: Oh, <laughs> so, it's just, okay, yeah, so Mitch is being a dick from the offset. He just wants to go to a club night. He doesn't care about Ashley. He doesn't want to help her out. He just wants to go out and have a good time front row. Be
2: nice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He like, might be there again. Who knows? Exactly. I mean, like, well, all of a sudden, quantum physics force fields have been created but it was so funny man like uh, ashley's reaction when um ryan goes a force field and she goes yeah <laughs> <laughs> the most californian way I'm like yeah uh, i really cracked up over that but um, it's not the force field it's a it's a time space anomaly and still being a dick he doesn't <laughs> He Mitch is just, just got doesn't...
0: to a point now where he just doesn't give a shit about anything. He's so nonchalant about everything. It's like vampires, whatever. People getting possessed, whatever. Like, he just doesn't care anymore. He doesn't. Wants... Yeah. All he wants he... to do now is go out and get hammered.
1: Uh, pretty much. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, in the midst of his uh, dickish ways... Got, this is where I started getting even more confused because, like, I had to remember that these episodes that we're watching have been ripped from the German DVD. So when I see, like, this base come up, and it says APSL Technologie Versuchsanstalt, I was like, what the fucking hell is that? And then I realised, top the German DVD, and it's a technology Versuchsanstalt.
2: Did you notice that basically they used the Biodome again?
1: Yeah! Yeah. Right, so this
2: is the same lab which created the Sylvie Salamander Lady. Um, <laughs> it's the same lab that Paulie Shaw and um, Stephen Baldwin <laughs> were stuck inside for a year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with clearly with oak and uh, it's uh, also the same lab where um, a dead vincent price in real life brings back um <laughs> uh treat williams so in a in dead heat um but yeah it's uh i just i love the fact they used that game But they put a few bushes by it so it would look a little bit different than it did like Ten episodes ago, they do love it. They do love it. But basically, they
0: they go they they go inside the lab with with good old Teague. Teague has entered. Right? No,
2: they say I'll call Teague. They go into the lab. Then Teague has just appeared. Right? (laughs) That's what he does. Right?
1: How (laughs) does he he doesn't need to be invited? He's just there. How the hell does Ryan know so much about particle accelerators? Oh
0: god, she knows everything about everything. Though every come on, every single season two episode, we question how she knows stuff. Every single episode, without fail.
1: Man, it's so funny, man, because like all of a sudden she's on, she's talking quantum physics, and I'll, at this point, I was just like. This is going to get deep this episode. And then all of a sudden I'm just got my like tinfoil hat on with all of like the thoughts and the theories start going. And then all of a sudden bringing it back down to earth a little bit. Mitch is still being a dick, doesn't (laughs) care. And he's a little perplexed about the football.
0: Yeah, he really doesn't care. He doesn't care at all. But basically they go in the lab and all they see is some sort of like misty light hanging from the ceiling. We're like, what, what the hell is this? Oh, Which is
2: why I, kind of, I,
0: you know, I don't know if you guys agree, but I think they really ran out of budget on this episode. Uh, Everything yeah, is definitely. so oh. shoddily done, but it, it's it's so badly done that I absolutely love it. It's brilliant. So basically, they just—it's almost like they've just hung a torch from the ceiling well, and Jesus. shone it down <laughs> to create this weird, misty portal
2: <laughs> now this, 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 this brings me back to something, uh, um, do you remember the first time we had Alison on the show and she said to us, wait till you get to the warehouse episodes meaning episodes that were shot in warehouses because <laughs> when the budget was really going low and I now know what she means <laughs> yeah I'm pretty sure this is where the vampire one was filmed as well yeah I think it was pretty much all all in the same place.
0: Um, But basically, um, they're so they're looking at this weird misty light and talking about what's going on. And uh, And we meet John, John. Yeah, John's in there and he throws this ball into the portal, and then it disappears and it comes back out the other side. And then Ryan's like, "Oh, we should try this with something organic." So she tries it with an apple, and then she throws it in, and then a jar comes out, which I'm thinking might have been the lost glass. From season one, episode eleven, the the, the iced tea glass.
1: <laughs> that is exactly <laughs> what I think. That is exactly what I think. That the, the, the oh man, that iced exactly. tea is man. But Nick, I've got to ask you a question. What is your take on the effects? Brilliant. Well, um... wait, we need to
0: get we need to get to the effect <laughs> first. Don't we? We need, don't we need to get to the main bit? We're, we're letting it comment. So basically, what happens is Ashley is says um, she feels some sort of gravitational force pulling her in. And then some arms come out and grab Ashley and Ryan gets dragged in as well. And then Mitch jumps in to this portal.
1: It was And totally... there's
0: some stunning effects which I'm sure Nick can stomach. I screaming was... was
2: like <sighs> I mean, it it was like nineties as fuck, nineties TV as fuck. Right. Now, the one thing I noticed about this episode was, um, have you guys got 4K TVs? I've got yep. a two, I've got a 2K. Right. Now, obviously, if you're both friends of mine, you've probably seen me moan about this on Facebook a lot. I don't like 4K. Considering I'm a movie fan, I don't like 4K because it, 4K is standard settings, does all this like smoothing stuff and it makes like, the oh, it makes everything look too fake. Yeah, it mean, yeah. it looked fake and like, and, and like a '90s TV show, right? This was the first time a Baywatch episode, very much like this episode, really had that 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 sort of '90s feel. Even though they've all been shot in the '90s, this one really demonstrated what 4K TVs do, and <laughs> that, that's what I noticed with the tone of this episode—that it felt like that 4K TV um, smoothing crap. Um, and then the effects, like, they were, you know, just your typical 90s TV effects. And it, it just reminded me of like a super low budget show at the same time, but a super low budget version of Sliders. Oh yeah, <laughs> Sliders, yeah. <laughs> and then when they so, so, sorry, they, so then they jump into this portal. Now, as soon as they go in, as soon as Mitch turns up into this like smoky warehouse room, two things came into my head. The first thing was, We've was, been was, here that before. The, <laughs> was that the Jogan? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I've got in my notes. And the second thing that came into my head, right, was this is Scavengers. Now, did you ever remember a really shit program that came out in the mid 90s, around the time Gladiators was popular, and around the time that. These sci-fi shows are popular, and it was the most expensive British TV game show science fiction program ever made, and it was basically hosted by John Leslie, and it was these people going through like a warehouse when John Leslie was a space marine, and they had to do all these different challenges. It, yeah. and it, was the, it was the biggest flop in in ITV's history. I think they lost like four million on it, which. Compared to the American budgets, it's nothing, but in British budgets. But the yeah, scavengers, it was a complete disaster. And this just reminded me of scavengers. I was like, wow, John Leslie's going to come out in a minute with like a laser quest gun. <laughs> and
1: just, I mean, like, John Leslie in general is a bit of a touchy topic, really, yeah. no pun intended. You mean, know? It, was,
0: it was kind of like, as well, like the, the storeroom for the industrial zone on Crystal Maid. <laughs> just kind of, just, Crystal kind of, of, kind of yeah. nets and, you know, and kind of like that chain fencing that they love.
2: I just needed Richard O'Brien to come up and go to the crystal dome. <laughs> um,
1: first because um what we later find out what these beings are called but I had no idea what to make of them at first. I thought so. they were ninja at first. I thought, I thought they were just um, I thought they were giant Jawas. Well, I thought they had like those kind of like Jawas movements, didn't they? But I didn't really I still didn't really know what they're called, so I called them the Potato Sack people. (laughs) Potato
0: Sack I actually wrote on here, they look a bit like the peasants from Monty Python and the Holy Grail, or a dodgy (laughs) woman that does palm reading. (laughs) Destiny. (laughs) Yeah. They look like they've got a... You know, know when you get like like a shriveled old woman like a kind of like a hag.
2: gypsy hand reader
0: yeah kind of like you know real hag it kind of crunched along and they cut you got their head covered over with a a blanket rolling in mud it's kind of like that i've got that yeah. vibe
1: i mean of course we find out or we sort of see a little bit more of them as like the episode goes on but at one point i thought are they lepers you know because <laughs> I kept thinking of um it, it, it you into a just... parallel
0: universe full of lepers amazing <laughs> <after the facing. laughs> Well, they were falling apart, their legs falling off and
1: stuff. I thought about it because I, I, all of a sudden, as soon as I saw what they were dressed in, I remembered this... Uh, do you remember the death metal band called Death? Yes. yes. Have you seen the album cover for the album Leprosy?
0: No, I don't think I have. I knew the band, though. I knew the band.
1: Now, let's just look up Death Leprosy and see the album cover, and that is exactly what they friggin' look like. Well, I' up now, normal. Yeah, but I was just like, holy shit. Are they, like, time-traveling into, like, a, a leper? <laughs> yeah,
0: that is so accurate.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's exactly what they look like. Totally.
1: Yeah, so all of a sudden, I was just like, my God, they're at a leper colony. Then all of a sudden, there was just, like, all these other things that are happening, which we'll just shortly get into, but... It was just so much to take in, but then all of a sudden it kept switching back, and then all of a sudden Ryan has concluded they're in a parallel universe in another dimension.
2: Before about that, though, before before we even get to Ryan, it's it, it goes back to the science lab with John and Teague, and oh, this geez. is some like the this is probably like the most epic Teague we've ever seen. Now John uh, is a stereotypical British uh, char- British scientist character uh he's he's actually someone from emmerdale uh, now really um yeah i've looked him up uh his his name's neil roberts um he's a british british actor been around around for a long time um he's been in been in everything um but yeah i mean he was a stereotypical british uh like, he, I, was, I was expecting him to become the villain, but, I mean, this, the scenes between him and Teague were just gold. It was just, like, two awkward acting, two awkward pieces of acting, like, clashing with each other. It was freaking He's amazing. His
1: passion was incredible. I genuinely thought, like, right, yeah, um, Dorian Gregory's acted in this was awesome he was that was the, the most visceral that he has ever been throughout this entire episode that scientist was so like wooden but i genuinely thought that was dr brian cox for a moment <laughs> <laughs> i honestly thought that was brian cox like well i was like hold on a second but for anyone a radio one dj no, yeah. doctor. no, that's Sarah
2: Cox. <laughs> <No>.
1: <laughs> so for any one of our listeners that doesn't know who Dr. Brian Cox is, he's a world-renowned scientist, and also he used to be the keyboard player in the band D-Ream, who'd done the song Things Can Only Get Better.
2: Really? <laughs> yeah, did you me
0: that? No. Know, some people have said I look like him a bit. I've been caught said that a few times. Apparently I've got a bit of Brian I just put him was a doctor. I don't see him on the radio
2: when they when they want to talk about science things. They get this doc, that Doctor Brian Cox on there, don't they?
1: Yeah, but that'd <laughs> they got him on. I mean, he's such a dude, though. But honestly, like this this scientist dude had some of the most self pitying monologues throughout this whole. <laughs> he was ep- so rubbish, wasn't he? It was just like oh, I can't do
0: anything. Over. Then he's just like oh, I'm just gonna go back in, and he's like no. There's yes. some really good Teague lines. I've written, I've written some down later, but whining. You... <laughs> yeah. that's basically what it's about. Teague is basically just being like, you know, shut up, and get shit done. That's what Teague's doing. Is this the most Teague dialogue we've had in any episode so far? Maybe. I don't know he's... why he's. I don't know why he's so riled up though. He's never like, why is he so? <laughs> he hasn't <up>? got a <laughs> clue what's going on. <laughs> Yeah, no one really knows what's going on but for some reason he's like
2: proper he, on it doesn't he like call someone and get them to like run run a check on the building or something? he does
0: he does a satellite thing basically yeah, I... to see if there's any signals
1: on yeah fields that... going out
0: <laughs> but yeah so just just to kind of catch everyone up so obviously they've you know, we've got Ryan, we've got Ashley, and we've got Mitch inside the portal. Mitch has picked up a steel bar, by the way. And um, and, out, and outside, we've got this kind of battle between, you know, John Stein is being a bit of a kind of a, you know crybaby, and Teague just kind of being like sort your life out. We need to get this stuff done. Um, and yeah, they're, and in the portal, they're in this kind of like weird parallel universe, which is, just seems to be full of nets, burning barrels chain fences kind of big industrial
1: fans you know (laughs) all the the typical things you'd find in a parallel universe something comes up right um with kind of a tiny little bit jumping ahead but where did those eggs come from oh we're talking about the eggs in a minute Um,
0: we're almost at the eggs but we need to mention that ryan does find a rubber duck and a baby's teething ring (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and the newspaper because mitch basically because she um ryan's there basically going oh you know we're in a parallel universe and it runs alongside us and all that kind of stuff then mitch is like no i think we're in the future um and this all happened because of a breakdown in the ozone layer and basically the sun <laughs> destroyed everything and ryan thinks he's talking crap but then he turns round and he's got this newspaper with it like <laughs> on the front and he gives this real kind of smug look. <laughs>
1: kind of be like, ah, ha. ha. And oh, then so sorry man, sorry, man I laugh so hard at that still when <laughs> the newspaper was held up and Mitch was looking at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's brilliant. It's so good. And then for
0: some reason, right, which we which isn't explained at all except for maybe this kind of weird noises we hear a bit later, they find some giant eggs, which are basically like the worst prop eggs you could possibly think of. Like, if you think of, you know, when dinosaurs are born, you know, go to the Natural History Museum and you see that dinosaurs are born kind of um, exhibit. It's kind of like they've just taken those and put them in. They're they're just rubbish, aren't they? So I was like, like, is there a dinosaur? Who
1: knows? They kind of look like... And again, a bit of a wrestling reference, but do you remember a Survivor Series back in '93, '94 with the Gobbledygooker? uh, That guy dressed. (laughs) The big, the big chicken that came out of the egg at the end. (laughs) It was exactly like the tackiness of that, but just, but the whole thing with these eggs, there's no explanation for them. We never find out. Where do these eggs come from?
2: There's one point where you hear like a roar, and I thought, "Wow, we're going to see like a dinosaur, or sort of like a di- an animatronic '90s dinosaur." I mean, that's <laughs> one of my, my one of my obsessions is um, '90s di- '90s dino exploitation, because of after Jurassic <laughs> Park, dinosaurs <laughs> went crazy in films and TV, and there's so many like animatronic dinosaur movies and TV shows, you know. And I was expecting like a, a, an animatronic dino human to come out.
0: This is the thing, though. This is why I think they've run out of budget because there was clearly the setup for some sort of weird dinosaur, and there's kind of hints of something a bit later, but we just never see anything. I think because they just run out of money and they couldn't actually do it. So, the, but we'll get to that anyway. We'll get to that. So, after they find these eggs, we quickly go back to the lab. We see John is scared that he's, you know, he's lost Ashley in the portal. And he tells Teague about this experiment he did in the past of lasers. And apparently there was an explosion and people were hurt. And he gets too much into his work.
2: Well, i have just, i have just where, when you were looking up the death thing, I was looking up John. Now I've just noticed something very strange about Don, John's IMDb. Now, the program he did before he did Baywatch Nights was Sliders, Ooh. right? So basically, maybe he fell into an alternative dimension in Sliders and ended up in Baywatch Nights. And then a year after that, he ends up for a full season in Charmed with Teague. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they're all in the same universe? Do you think that's what it is? That would be really cool. Like, Charmed... Well, I mean, like we've already linked in, like, Charmed, Thunder in Paradise, the entire WWE Network, <laughs> 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 and, and Baywatch. <laughs>
0: oh, that is crazy. That's
2: utterly crazy.
0: Oh, actually... Just talking about him, because it kind of goes into when we're talking about the special effects, and it's something I actually didn't mention. So kind of going back a little bit, a bit of a side note. You know you know, in the intro sequence where it's it's got that name, Jack Pierce on a gravestone? Yeah,
2: Jack Pierce. So
0: in the YouTube comments, someone actually wrote that they think it's a tribute to the great monster movie makeup artists uh, artist from the 30s well, and 40s. Excuse me, excuse Pierce.
2: me, I've, I've already covered this on the show. <laughs> Have you? When did you cover yes. that? I have covered this a few episodes back when we were talking about it. I said that Jack Pierce is one of the most famous special effects artists of all time, and he was a pioneer. Oh, we'll forget that, man. Let's carry on from where we yes. were. Yes. So you don't listen I've, to me. <laughs> it was just in the comments. I've covered this, Christopher. We've done um, a lot of episodes, right? I can't I know, remember
1: yeah. everything. Ladies and gentlemen, we've had our first Baywatch nights domestic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back
0: into where we were so we're back in in the weird portal which is basically just a just a decorated warehouse Um, there's lots of noises, there's loads of these mutant people running around Uh, Ashley's actually a bit separated from Mitch and Ryan we should actually state that, she's off on her own they're trying to find her Um, there's all these giant fans at uh, one point I actually wondered whether these um, mutants might be Ewoks Because they kind of looked a bit similar at at some point. Um, Oh, yeah. And then we go back into the lab. Basically, there's a lot of just switching up, basically, of Mitch and Ryan running around this warehouse trying to find Ashley and going back to the lab. And Teague just having a go at John. right? (laughs) Because there's this bit where I like where he's just like, um, you know, John's feeling sorry for himself. And Teague's basically saying, like, you're a scientist. Your purpose is to go beyond the limits. It can be dangerous. And with that comes responsibility to finish what you started. Now solve the problem. And he says it like really, really aggressively to kind of get John in that kind of mood. Um, John does <laughs> fuck all. <laughs> he really does nothing, does he? I Actually, my, my, my favourite bit from Teague is the line where he's like, you get out your old-fashioned sl- slide board. You power up your newfangled high tech.
1: But one way or another, you stop feeling sorry for yourself. <laughs> there was that, and he also goes, "You don't know that, do you? Do you?"
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what he says, just literally prior to that line. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, then there's this scene, which is just a typical kind of scene you'd imagine in this kind of thing. You got Ashley hiding while some mutants make noises and wave their arms behind a giant fan. They can't even get to her. They're just behind this fan being like... Ooh. It reminded me of Halloween
2: Horror Nights.
0: Yeah, it's literally <laughs> like Halloween Horror Nights. It, it, I think you just summed it up perfectly. It's exactly like walking through Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, Mitch and Ryan are trying to get away somewhere from the mutants. Um, they then crawl through a tunnel and they hear this growling of some sort. And then... They find someone dying in a bed of rags. And it's this old man. Personally, I think this old man is the MVP of the whole episode. I think his acting was brilliant.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. He was absolutely amazing. But um, I, 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 <laughs> when we got to this, um, my notes are, What on earth does Mitch pull up Santa Claus <laughs> from the piles of garbage amongst the subterranean goblins? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it could have so easily been more. It could have been Gandalf or Dumbledore or someone. He was incredible,
1: though.
2: Really, really good. He well, was, apparently, he was in the last Starfire.
1: Oh, he and was I'm, great. He was, and he, was, I
2: think he's like the um, like might have been the alien um, leader that that asks him to help against the Kodan Armada. Like, if you just imagine that kind
0: of wrinkly. Dying old man, giving out wisdom on his deathbed. That's that was him. He was just so good. There's everything about him, and he was basically talking about how, you know, um, you know, how people died and they were burnt by the sun. The, the sun did this to us all, you know. And the, the marauders came and they killed the survivors. So that's when we find out that they're known as the marauders. These people with,
1: well, we never get told where the end. marauders actually come from.
0: No, we don't. We have no idea. All we know is they killed lots of people. Uh, And then Ryan thinks that she knows him. And it turns out that he is Ryan's old professor, Professor Arnold. At this point, I actually wrote the line,
2: This man deserves an Oscar. Because I was so (laughs) impressed. (laughs) He was some of the best actors we've seen in any night's episode, I think. Oh, he was great. But he has got quite a big... I mean, the the guy's name is uh, K.E. Cutter. Kuter and uh he has been in a lot. I mean he passed away in two thousand and three. His name there's...
1: was Sorry, his name was Cake Cutter. K
2: <laughs> K, K- um. so K A Y oh, then space, then E dot Cutter or Kuter. K E Kuter. But uh he he's been in a lot, like a lot of T V and films. For, uh, brilliant! like 50-odd years he was in, yeah.
0: I loved his whole speech about the arrogance of man. That was one of my favourite bits.
1: It was very Shakespearean, the way he was talking. I absolutely loved his delivery and his conviction. Yeah, I, I,
0: I love the, the bit as well where he started speaking to me, he's just like, leave me here. And he goes, now go! And real kind of like, I'm dying, now go! I was just like, oh my God, this, this guy's brilliant. It was a ra- every award
1: possible. It was around this bit that this is where the episode started to blow my mind a bit. And I was like, so I started thinking about the bigger picture. So in my notes, i got like, it turns out that it's Ryan's physics tutor, which we've concluded who leper Santa Claus is. <laughs> and, uh, Mitch wants to, and then Mitch wants to break the time space continuum to bring him into their time and help him. Mitch then wants to break the laws of time and space. And now cause a rupture in the universe slash multiverse. But, <laughs> but then hold on. Teague threw his cup into the void of this portal. So does that mean that the cup that came back earlier was what Teague threw there in the first place, therefore oh. su- therefore suggesting that all events in the time space continuum are already predetermined?
0: Oh. Oh. I don't know. It, wasn't it a different type of cup? I don't know, but although it could have aged. This is the thing, couldn't it? It could it's, have been an aged cup.
1: Quantum physics, the whole principle of quantum <coughs> physics, buys all laws of gravity, all laws of physics, absolutely anything. In the world, uh, in the weird well, and... You've cut out, James. Sorry. Everyone's in... cut out. Oh. oh, I can still hear you. I can still hear you. You all good? All good, Chris? Yeah? Yeah.
2: I can hear you, James.
1: I can hear you. I can. I can. I can see you all. I can hear you. Yeah, all. I can hear you. Oh, Christopher, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, 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 there you are. oh he, are we back? He's back? back? Are we
2: back? He's... Yeah, right. we we never went anywhere. It was just you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everything just stopped. I was like, what's going on? And you went to a quantum... You went
1: to a uh, different <laughs> dimension. <laughs> so, shall, shall I continue where I was just coming off of? Right, okay. Yeah, you just carry on. Let's carry on. Okay, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm concluding that. Are we suggesting that all events in the time-space continuum are already predetermined? Because all of a sudden, like, there's all these different things about like tea, tea's Cup that was thrown into the void, the same one, but at the same time, quantum physics therefore has the ability to morph change and totally turn inside out everything absolutely everything within that vacuum of time and space to whatever it so bloody well wants and this is where I started thinking about the bigger pictures of things I was like fucking hell they've really touched upon some deep shit in this episode and all of a sudden I was just like I found myself going into the hole and I was trying to get myself out of it again (laughs)
0: But, but again we have to question did they intentionally do this or, or or has it just happened accidentally and you've done your own research being a logical human being
1: <laughs> I, I'd like give, well I'd like to give them the benefit of the doubt that they actually made an intelligent episode but I feel that was nullified when all of a sudden Mitch in the tuxedo running around the place of Ryan felt like a level of Golden I 64 with the music.
2: <laughs>
1: there is all synth music, which I swear that I've heard on Golden 64 before.
0: Uh, possibly. And
1: well, really I... because at the same time Who knows? Who knows?
2: But Do basically... you think we need to um like publish like a reading list of like different subjects that people should research before attempting to watch Baywatch Nights? <laughs> <laughs> You know, if we go through all the episodes, like the different things that we've had to uh, go over, you know, I think
1: um, we uh, provide this episode with like a uh, bibliography of suggested reading.
2: Yeah, but I think we need that for the whole the whole series. You know, one about amphibians, quantum physics. Um, yeah, there's quite a bit to go
0: through. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> the law, just being educated on the law would help, so
1: you know what's going on. <laughs> It's, 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 we, <laughs> there's just so much going on in this episode It it's blowing my mind yeah it, it did
0: get proper full-on uh, basically what's kind of happening is that uh, from here is ashley um she then finds the dr arnold's notes um and then mitch notices his watch has stopped and he's like oh what's going on here and they spot something moving that they think could be Ashley. And then this mutant attack basically starts happening, and there's this big fight. At first, <laughs> I don't know about you, but right? they, they these mutants were throwing things at them. And oh, I fun. thought they were just like stale bread rolls and sticks. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it seemed like. See, they found like a big bag of stale rolls because they were really kind of, the way they were thrown, they didn't seem to have any weight to them, they were quite light. You're reminding me of kind of you know an old roll when it's gone hard.
1: I, I did love the camera focuses on the Marauders throwing all of like the what the bread rolls rocks. It, it, it to me, <laughs> I just had flashbacks of the trash fight during before Slipknot set Reading Festival 2002. It was kind of like that, yeah. It was like bread roll, sticks, and gravel or something. <laughs> just, I loved Mitch throwing the Marauder over the railing, A-team style. That oh, was. Nice.
2: It was so good. I mean like Mitch fighting all those marauders with that like blatantly rubber pipe. <laughs> <laughs> I love Ryan it when he did his like angry scream with like, a battle scream when he went down the stairs. And Ryan took a few out as well, which was quite good. Like but it was it was quite they were trying to go for like a, a swashbuckling vibe, but the music just Didn't, the music just didn't take you into any sort of excitement. The music sort of like made it just really
0: sad. It was actually quite like that, wasn't it? It was quite like, you know, someone who's just got got onto a pirate ship and being attacked and they're like fighting people off with a sword, but it was just people throwing bread rolls and some rubbery stick.
2: I mean, it just felt really, really like sort of sad and like quite depressing with music. It just didn't suit the vibe at all. Yeah, and then just uh, had Mitch complaining that he wasn't at
0: Lou's club. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's what he could think about. Because there's that, but I think you kind of summed it up for it. So I feel like this whole scene, or this whole warehouse scene, is basically a dystopian bread roll fight.
2: <laughs> it's just a Halloween Horror Nights dress rehearsal.
1: But <laughs> it, it was just... It, it, but yeah, man, like, going, going back to Mitch yelling, Ah! at the marauder, and then... uh, well, And then also, right... This is another thing that I picked up and it made me laugh and it made me laugh so much and then it confused the hell out of me. So when Mitch and Ryan, you know, they're wandering about trying to get away from the Marauders, Mitch yells, ah, at the Marauder, which comes into focus on the camera, which then the Marauder goes off the camera and then they casually do their thing and just have a chat as if the marauder's not there anymore. Totally. Disacknowledging the fact that the marauders walked off camera but is still within the vicinity to hurt them, but they just carry on like they're just doing their own
2: thing. There's a few bits like that in this episode. There's a few bits like there's that bit coming up in a a bit where they get like basically like a whole army of them start charging towards them, and then they hear this dinosaur noise and they all walk away and then. Like for a minute you think that like like Mitch and Ryan are in danger, and then it just just carry on chatting. <laughs> <laughs> <But> nothing happened.
0: <laughs> nothing <laughs> happened. It's, it's almost really? like yeah, what was that line they said? They said something about like in the fish, if the small fish go, there's a big fish on the way or something, wasn't it? Yeah. But well, yeah, Building up no this big, big thing which just there never was, came.
1: There was no big fish. It was just probably just a red herring. Like, they love red herrings in this
2: show.
0: giant bread roll i don't know like it was just yeah i mean i don't know what was going on but i mean like, <laughs> was, like going back to ashley i mean this whole of this whole thing's just a, just a big miss i don't even know how to explain it in a linear form i mean basically ashley's just there she's kind of get. she's got like the notes she's getting kind of pushed around and they're touching her hair and stuff. you know you know when you know you've got people like meant to be attacking someone, but they're not really attacking them. They're just kind of gently holding them and giving them a bit of a shake and, you know, it's that, I don't, yeah, it's kind of like, they weren't really doing anything. So you to um,
1: get away, like, Mitch
0: hits them with a stick.
1: Did anyone else get some, like, Troll 2 vibes from this yes, episode? Yeah, <laughs> Troll 2 vibes from
0: this. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that basically totally, totally sums it up. But yeah, like, as we were saying as well, you know, there's this, like, you know, this big horde of them come towards them all when they're all back together and then they disappear again and you hear these noises and you think there's going to be this big monster and there's just nothing <laughs> at all. Um, and then basically they find the, um, you know, the, the professor again. They go back to the professor uh, and then he basically um, <laughs> gives them, they're like, Mitch is like, how do we get out? And he says, as the gamblers say, Get out the way you got in. And then he takes this, like, epic last breath and then just dies. <laughs> There's so much coming on.
1: But, but before that, that, that death scene, I just love it when it's back into the lab and Teague wants to know where his coffee's gone.
0: Where his coffee's gone? Well, I, I, don't, I
1: don't I miss that bit on my notes. Yeah, yeah, because it was after the the Marauders have Ashley and then Mitch comes to save the day with some Austin Powers-style moves again. Then it goes back to the lab where Teague wants to know where it's coffin is like because he threw it into the void. But then Teague also sends the time-travel version of a message in a bottle. Oh, yeah, no he does.
2: We've right. skipped that bit, yeah. Those so, balls that they, uh, they, they've been using to throw food, do you they, why don't they make those anymore? Like, when we were younger, you used to get these, like, sort yeah. of hard foam balls... That you could throw around. I've not seen that material in years. Like it's like it's been wiped off the planet.
1: Yeah I, I used to have. Um, <laughs> when I went to Florida. For the first time in 93. I had like a, uh, um, I had like a Disney. Like foam style ball like that. But yeah I haven't yeah, seen them. You used
2: any. to sell them in the shops. But you don't see those foam balls anymore. Like it's like. It's like they stopped making foam balls. But. What made me laugh is, like, Teague used, used this foam ball to send it, like, a message in a bottle, but basically just made, like, a foam ball paper sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> he just, like, sliced the figure up and put a, a note of paper in there. And John's like, what did you say? What did you say? And he went, I said. What was the was yeah. that line?
0: If you're there, send
2: it back. back. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Yeah, they,
0: they, 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 do, they do find the ball um which we'll we'll talk about so obviously they um yeah they they go to the 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 place where you know they actually came in you know in through the uh the convergence um and mitch Mitch finds the ball did you want to add some in there
1: yeah because this is where the big fish thing started to come and all of a sudden they started getting a bit like and i was kind of hoping that it would be the leper version of pebbles rumpkin or maybe the joke
0: yeah, they're, they're basically there's nothing. There's just all this build-up. There's an egg. There's all these noises. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Which is brilliant. Um, and, then, uh, and then, yeah, basically um, he, he, um, Mitch finds the ball with the note and he scribbles another little note back to say that they're there and he, they throw it back through the portal. And then basically they're just about to kind of all jump through this portal one by one. And Ashley's like, oh, we need to get Arnold's notes because it's got all the information on how we can stop the world being destroyed and mitch is like don't worry i'll go and get it you guys get back um so um ashley jumps through the portal and then ryan goes to jump through but before she does
2: Star a, wars
0: yeah bit of a kind of a thing here yeah. so she turns around and says mitch i love you and he went i know you do
2: It was so basically it was a whole homage to empire strikes back Right. So it's the scene when Han Solo is getting put in the carbonite and Carrie Fisher says to him I love you and Harrison Ford turns around and goes, I know. I know. And basically it was Mitch Buchanan's homage to Han Solo.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but
0: it also it also added to that whole romance that we've been talking about between between Mitch and Ryan. Like, are we going to see this love blossom into?
2: I mean, there's more what? obviously to discuss about that late a little bit later in the episode. But I will say that I think if one thing this episode has given us is it has actually really progressed that love that lo- that love that love a little bit. Yeah, and that was the one thing that I really did enjoy about this episode was the fact that it did it did did play some more work, do a bit more some work on progression in there. And stuff, yeah. yeah. No, I did think
0: yeah, mean, that was really good. Um, we, no, I, just, I just thought it, it was really harsh that he didn't actually say it back. I thought, I just thought that was so harsh. we really
1: talk about the Guinness World Record that's been broke in this episode? <laughs>
0: the Guinness World Record?
1: Probably the most American thing ever. Okay, so you know when, um, of course, um, <clears throat> excuse me, T throws the ball into the uh, the void, so Mitch gets it and then he throws it back. So Mitch finds a note that Teague said, and now Mitch is throwing the, the American football right back. This is the most American way of time-travelling sports references in the history of mankind. Like, you know, like the terminology, go long, and then you throw the ball. <laughs> right. Teague has broke a Guinness World Record, a universe record, by throwing the ball so far into another universe, and Mitch has caught it. <laughs> And he's, now they're, they're basically throwing ball in different universes. I think that's fantastic. They I mean, broken they broke the the laws of time, and space, and wrote, got a Guinness World Record.
0: True. I mean, they would need to submit the the full throw
2: footage to the uh, the Guinness Board <laughs> to you know, to qualify for and that. Doesn't it cost like fifteen grand? I and mean, so it's not like more than the budget for this show. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know but you know
0: i i I think dorian gregory would enjoy getting the certificate
1: Uh, and technically i guess like um you know dorian gregory threw a football like 40 light years into space
0: (laughs) yeah what a man what a man but but basically from there so ryan's through the pool ashley's through the pool mitch just has a run around goes and grabs the notes he basically comes back and um (laughs) <laughs> what happens is when he gets back, they have a look at the book, and it's all knackered because apparently, um, was it the yeah? There's metal in the in the in the spine of the book or something, wasn't there? Yeah, in the binder.
2: This, right. This is this is where I I got well, yeah, So there's metal in the in the binder that made the book go in, in flames, right? Isn't there metal in Mitch's belt? Yeah. should not like Mitch was like fried on the inside. And and his bow tie because it's a yeah. clip-on. Oh yeah. So Mitch should have really
0: set on on fire. I mean, (laughs) Ashley and Ryan might have been wearing earrings. Yeah.
1: Even where the thing was positioned on his bow tie, technically Mitch could have got a tracheotomy. (laughs) 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 Who knows? Who
0: knows? For for some reason, Mitch didn't burst into flames, but the, the book did. Um so they're like, oh, no, we haven't got it. But then we're like, yeah, but we know what's going to happen. So we can do our best to do something about the end of the world. Um, then all that's basically forgotten about. No one really gives a shit about that anymore. Uh, <laughs>
1: Ryan and Mitch. You hear what Ashley said, though, is when she goes, I saw the future. It was chaos and disaster. We caused it. <laughs> she was going mental when she got back. And yeah, because uh, Mitch decided to hang back and get the book, didn't he? And just um, as a reference point, at about 38 minutes and 15 seconds, the punch scene uh, where uh, Mitch uh, smacks the marauder, you don't hear anything when he smacks him. There's literally no sound effect whatsoever. It is it's terrible. A silent punch. It is a silent punch. And then it just...
0: Oh, God. Maybe it's Mitch's special power, like instead of like a silence a gun, he's got a silence of
1: fist. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe you can't like hear punches in quantum universes, maybe? Are they in a vacuum of some sort? Who knows? A <laughs> uh, Henry
0: <laughs> Yeah, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> who knows it? Or, or, or a Could either. Um but yeah, but basically after all this, um mitch now doesn't really give a shit about all of this he's just kind of like yeah whatever like that happened i'm annoyed that i didn't go to loose club pretty much and um <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah then ryan and mitch are just kind of outside and then obviously mitch brings up the kind of like oh you said you love me kind of thing he makes um he's making basically an analogy about how they should make the most what he's learned basically from all how this is
2: shag basically yeah he's,
0: they should make the most of the moment But then Ryan's just kind of just just really embarrassed, really, about it all. Doesn't really want to talk about it and just basically just
1: runs away. Because technically, Mitch has now convinced himself that he's prevented the ozone layer from collapsing in the future. So he's come back dressed like James Bond. Uh, Ryan's told her that um, she loves him. And even after time travelling and taking on mutants, all he can think about is sex. And then he decides... (laughs) He Uses science to validate his point in order to jump in Ryan's pants. Absolute player.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, as I said Ryan just basically tries to run away, and that's the end. Of, that's, that's the end of the episode. So it ends. <laughs> it ends in on Mitch being My. a sex sexpist. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! This yeah. is amazing. That's basically it. That's basically it. So, yeah, so th- there's, there's your two episodes. We've had lots going on. We've had hang gliders. We've had trucks running over people. We've had people that look like peasants. We've had <laughs> Star Wars references. God, been, I don't know. My, my brain just feels melted after that last episode. But as we do every time, we're going to decide on which we preferred. Was it season one or was it season two? So we'll go first to Mr. Nick Box.
2: Right. This is difficult because part of me actually wants to say season one because there was some things in season one that I did really like. Um, And, you know, I mean, I I love that death scene at the beginning. Um, I just, and it felt more like the sort of Baywatch we want. It's a bit more coherent and a bit more, um, you know, just fun. Season two episode did hurt my head a little bit. But at the same time, it gave us some of the best Teague content we've ever had. And also it made us chuckle with like the effects, the editing um so It reminded me of Scavengers Which I hadn't thought about in years Um Halloween Horror Nights Which I'm big into So of course I am going to pick Season 2 But Season 1 definitely Obviously I've watched season, The Season 1 episode like One and a half times as well So it had grown on me a little bit And discussing it, even discussing it Did make me think it actually was A pretty decent episode Um you know, it was quite it was quite funny, and there was some good garner in it as well. Uh, brief garner, but some good garner. Um, but, yeah, I'm going for season two. Right, James, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I thought um, both episodes this week were actually really good. Um, yeah, I thought that was really good. There was moments in the season one episode which were just pure, like, genius and hilarity, especially with the whole... Uh, private dick thing that was hilarious and just like that whole opening scene with the uh with the premeditated hang glider um sabotage then getting mowed down by an 18 wheeler you know and all the convenient bombing timings and whatnot um you know and it was just a quite a fun episode that was whereas season two it had its we had a lot of flaws believe me but like um it, it it got me into like this wormhole and you know no no space puns intended but it got me into this wormhole of quantum physics and I don't know whether this episode was purposefully or accidentally genius because of the amount of things that it was insinuating and touching upon it was almost kind of like if Baywatch met Donnie Darko I was just like, "What is going on?" This is absolute insanity. But it, all of a sudden, it just there were so many things about that second season episode that I was laughing so hard about. It was just utterly ridiculous. The fact that he's all all of a sudden gone like James Bond and taking on a leper colony in another dimension, <laughs> and all of a sudden you got um, Cake Cutter, um, you know, the Shakespearean actor. Uh, <laughs> who was, as you say, Chris, he was the title MVP in that entire episode. And um, I feel like also what Nick said as well, there's like a slight progression on the um, chemistry between Ryan and Mitch. So for me, uh, because of that little bit more that it gave me personally and made me think about more, I'm going to go with season two.
0: Right. And I would have to agree with both of you as well. Season two, for me, like, I think I relate with what Nick said. It hurt my head. But Nick <laughs> knows that I like the ones that really mess with my head. Like, it was, it was one of those episodes that was truly so shit that it was great. Like, and we did have some amazing moments. Like we said, Teague scenes, some of the best we've seen Teague. He was so passionate. I, mean, I don't think we've really emphasised the passion that Teague showed in this episode. You need to really watch it. But oh god, he, he was on form. Obviously, Mr. Cake Cutter, Shakespearean Cake Cutter man, like all the way, every everything he said, I was just like, this this guy's amazing. Give him every award possible. This guy is like my new hero. Like I, I need to see more of him. I kind of want him to team up with Lou for an episode, do something <laughs> fantastic. It would be superb. Like just the whole thing about this build up to this potential big monster that never appears. <laughs> literally no reason for any of that to even have been in the epi- if they couldn't afford a monster they should they could have got away without all of that they could have just cut out the eggs and the weird noises they could have just done the episode without it but they you kept it in reused the jogan. yeah <laughs> but like that's got that's kind of why i love this show because there's stuff like this that just makes no sense and is it's just brilliant so yes episode one it, episode one was a really, I think it was a, it was a really solid episode, but I felt that it was almost for Baywatch Nights almost too solid. Like, in a way, yeah. it felt like yeah. do you know what I mean. Like it didn't, it it was almost too good for Baywatch Nights. It
1: felt like <laughs> it felt like the first semi serious episode of Baywatch Nights that I've watched so far. But also, I felt like the ending of the season one episode was kind of underwhelming as well yeah it,
0: did, it didn't i don't know it didn't hit as much humor for me i thought yeah. it was very kind of as solid as a storyline and stuff like that but it felt like it was kind of missing some of that baywatch night's humor spark in yeah. there. you know we'll see where that goes so yeah stop me blabbering season two has definitely uh won this one so where does that leave us in the standings then where are we
2: it's
1: didn't we conclude that it was time? T- yeah, we redrawed,
2: so now we're 6-5. Okay, so three. season two is
0: one ahead then. And as I said, everyone, this was actually episode 15, not <laughs> episode 11. So we actually time-traveled along with the show. So there you go. What a paradox that is. So we will be covering episode... 11 when we get to episode 15 so we can keep everything in chronological order from now on so just expect possessed a little bit further down the line
1: do you think um, we potentially like get in contact with dr brian cox via twitter to see if he can actually make sense of this whole time travel episode i mean if if, if you're
0: listening coxie we'd love to have you on and you can talk about the um you know the technical side of the, the time travel in this episode i'd love to hear his thoughts on it
1: I think that would be amazing. I'm
0: sure, I'm sure there's a ton of errors, but we'll we'll,
2: we'll find <laughs>
1: out. He will validate everything, that we, all of our questions and our intrigue in five minutes. Even if we have Dr. Brian Cox in five minutes, a legit scientist, who also is the greatest keyboard player of all time. <laughs> that would be amazing.
2: So is he a better scientist than Bill Nye the Science Guy? <laughs> Well, no bill, not bill nye didn't have a top 40 hit bill nye doesn't need a top 40 hit bill nye is the science guy <laughs> <laughs> i love bill nye like, uh, bill nye's got cooler as he's got older like as yeah. he's got older he's got cooler and cooler but yeah we're, i'm drifting i could. i i'm a bill nye fan Fanboy. i could uh, go on about <laughs> bill for hours well, yeah. and, and before we finish then um Nick, how have we been getting on
0: with the stats? And we it's been great to see. We've have actually been noticing people have been messaging. We need to give a shout out to what was his name that he messaged our Facebook? Was it Jim? Was it Jim? So yeah. Big shout out to, to Jim who's been messaging us on Facebook, who's really been enjoying it. Um, I'll give mm. a shout out to Kara, who um I've put onto the show as well. She's been really enjoying it. So Kara, if you've made it this far, you're very dedicated. And yeah, mm. it's been really great to see that yeah, you know, more people have been listening. We've been getting
2: more feedback, and you guys are all loving it, which is, one, which is great. One question I've got for the listeners out there is Does anybody know where Knights, the actual uh, building they use for Knights, is in the world? Um, cause obviously it's a real building. And has anyone actually visited it? You know, the, the, the location they use for nights. I'd love to see a picture of a Baywatch nights fan outside nights. And I'd also like to know where it is so I can look it up on Google Maps and see what it looks like I nowadays.
0: Thought, I thought it was Venice Beach because I'm sure it was meant to be Venice Beach, but you, you
2: thought it was a different one, didn't you? It's Malibu Beach, isn't it? Baywatch is set on Malibu Beach. But I'm not sure if they've. But they watch nights set on the same beach. That's yeah, it's still thing. set on the same beaches, I think. But I think that. Chase, I mean, I've never been to to California. But that chase scene in one of the episodes did look a bit like what I've seen of Venice Beach before. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, I don't was know. definitely
0: Venice Beach. I've You've been, been there, beach. haven't you? Yeah, which is, why, which is why I was kind of like steering towards maybe it was that. But I mean, they're all along kind of one big strip anyway, aren't they? Mm. Really. walking. So it could be anywhere. But yeah, if anyone knows, please let us know because yeah, that would be epic to, to go and visit. <laughs> <That'd be
2: awesome. laughs> yeah, so um, right, stats wise, um, yeah, we're doing really well. Uh, each episode is, is gaining uh, listeners. The older episodes are going through the roof now. Like uh, I've noticed um, season one has really jumped, uh, episode one's really jumped up. Uh, which is fantastic, but we still have there's like one episode episode five um episode episode four and five there are two least listened to episodes um and it 's a shame because of that 's um we 've got the uh the telekinetic alien episode and um the gigolos and the demonic books oh god and yeah. th- th- those, two go epi- those two episodes have got like i mean most of our episodes have like uh, Sort of around Between sort of 50 and 80 listens But those two episodes Have got 17 and 20 listens Which is really odd um, So yeah um, Get on those episodes guys Episodes 4 and 5 Because uh, there's, there's some good stuff in them Especially the uh, telekinetic aliens episode um, That one's great And obviously the killer gigolos as well um, but yeah, we seem to have a dip around then four and um, four and five. Uh, but one, two, and three are very well listened to, and then all the ones after that are really high listened. I listened as well. Uh, we dropped a bonus Mitch uh, yesterday, was it or Friday? We dropped a bonus Mitch. That one's doing really well. We talk about some pretty crazy stuff on there and uh, do some fan mail. Talk about uh, the episodes we've seen so far. Some Jogan uh, theories uh, Yeah, some good stuff in there um, Let's look at the map And see how we're doing map-wise um, Is
0: Germany still our, our biggest fan base?
2: No, Islington has a jump target Islington City-wise, country-wise uh, America is basically thrashing everybody else um, It seems to be America, UK, Germany, France and then uh, Czechia. Huh? Czechia. You Czechia. Mean Czech- what, the the former Republic of Czechoslovakia? <laughs> I've just got <laughs> <up> here. Czechia. <laughs> C, uh, C-Z-E-C-H-I-A. Czechia. It must, must be the Czech Republic, surely. Yeah. Yeah. Czechia. We're very popular. In, very popular in Czechia. Oh
1: no. Um, some of the most beautiful places and one of the most awesome places I've ever been to. Big but love it... Up to all our Czech Republic listeners. If that's the case, we... it
2: <laughs> could be... just be someone a, with a VPN, pod... though,
0: couldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, um, I was, when I was speaking to my dad about all the places that we've got listens, he says, you know we, we said we, we've covered all the continents." He said, "Have we covered Antarctica?"
2: Mm, not on the map, but. They are down by Oceania, aren't they? If you look at the like the map, isn't it, isn't that a little bit like on the corner after Oceania on its own? Isn't that where like Antarctica starts?
0: I don't know. But if you, if anyone knows anyone in Antarctica, maybe in some sort of polar base,
2: oh, if you could send them a link Because it'd be like the thing, wouldn't it? You know, people are like <laughs> in this base, like you know. Out, out there in the snow, listening to us talk about Baywatch nights. Uh, Africa seems to be the the one that where we where we're dropping in listeners. We haven't had any African listeners in a while. Um, but yeah, uh, but our most listened to city is Islington, uh, England. But that's probably just because we might have a lot of listeners in London and um, Virginia as well. We've got a lot of listeners in in, in Virginia in the states. Oh, nice. Um, Berlin still strong Still a strong city for listeners um, Yes yeah, so we're doing alright Right there yeah So that's the um, Great stuff well should we get a bit of a preview About what we've got coming up next week Right then? providing everything flows in order Of course
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, So yeah we
2: we'll get yeah. the IMDB up And we'll have Just a up. So we have for season one. Hang on, I've lost it. Finn no. right. Blood, Ryan's younger sister, Charlie, arrives in town for a visit, but who is unknowingly followed by some gangsters who claim she made off with of their cash. The mob the mob leader, Miles Harrington, then holds Ryan hostage for collateral. Ooh.
1: Do you, reckon, uh, do you reckon Mitch is gonna hit on Charlie?
2: Yes. <laughs> of course he is. He's gonna, to He's gonna try and get a freeway. He's gonna try get a freeway with Charlie and Ryan. <laughs> and in season two, right, so we'll be episode twelve. Frozen out of time. Mitch, Ryan, and Griff investigate strange incidents in which two frozen, nine hundred-year-old Vikings arrive in Los Angeles <laughs> from from Iceland for boring, and they immediately come to life and restart their feud.
1: <laughs> that sounds like California man.
0: That sounds amazing. That that sounds a bit like um. Oh, what was that? Isn't there a film where there's like two? Kind of underwater sea monsters that were trapped in ice, and then they defrost and they battle. Isn't that one of
2: the Godzilla movies? I
0: don't know, maybe maybe it's a Godzilla one or something. They, oh they're...
2: no, it's no, it's it's um, is it Mega Shark versus Giant, it's giant... Megalodon? <laughs> yeah, it's so... one of those ones. It's one of those Asylum ones, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, like that, yeah. But they're frozen in ice. So, yeah, it's kind
0: of similar. So we're going to see some Viking action.
1: Oh, man. Can you imagine if those Vikings look like uh, the old WWF character, the Berserker?
2: Well, <laughs> from the screenshot... <laughs> Maybe it'll screen... be the Berserker. Berserker. That's the from, from the screenshot, right, it, first it looks like Kevin Nash, and then second, glance, it looks like John Travolta. <laughs> 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 Go on to IMDb and look at it now. Honestly...
1: Kevin Nash and John Travolta (laughs) let's have a look so IMDB go to Baywatch Nights, then
2: click season 2 and then scroll down to episode 12
1: (laughs) episode 12 yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) that's what you mean oh my god oh no this looks bad this looks bad so bad! I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. This looks incredible.
2: Uh, yeah, I just checked to see if it was. Uh, it's not. Any, it doesn't look like a cross between Kevin Nash and John Travolta? Uh, really
1: does. It, it, it's, it's, it looks like the new live motion picture of Mulan. <laughs> 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 Maybe. <laughs> oh God! I can't
2: go for this. Right, okay. Yeah, so well, should be a go good
1: episode.
0: You... Yeah, that is what you come to expect for next week then. So, as always, please go hit us up on our social media accounts. We'd love to hear from you. And thanks so much to all you listeners that have been following us from episode one. We're getting there. We've, how many episodes have we done all together now, including the bonus match? We've done like, like 13, 14? 12, 12? 12, 12, no, with, with bonus matches as well. We're on 11 normal ones. So 13. We've two bonus
2: matches. Yeah. 13.
0: 13 episodes. We've still got quite a lot to come. So... Stay tuned, and we will see you next week on evenings with Mitch Buchanan, the Baywatch Nights podcast. So, cheers, everyone! We'll speak to you very soon.
1: Awesome! Bye. Bye. Bye.
2: And time to key that screen. Bye.
0: <laughs>